0: Good morning. So I know a couple of things. There are some people in here that have been churched their entire life. There are some people that know, thing, that know nothing besides church. I guess I, I call myself one of those. I'm a church boy. I know nothing outside of this place, and it's never done me wrong. So it's like, if it ain't broke, like it ain't broke. So like, why would I fix it? But I do understand that there are some people in this room that it's literally your first time ever stepping back into a church. It's your first time ever stepping, uh, stepping on the grounds of a church. And somebody either texted you or Facebooked you or uh, they drug you here and it was reluctant. But I can promise you one thing. Um, I'm going to do my best to break down this world, this word uh, practically. Can you say practically? Into bite-sized pieces. Today all I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you a story. And um, the Bible is just, it's, it's literally just a collection of a bunch of great men and women that God used to like fulfill his kingdom on earth. And a lot of times we can get confused because we think, well, this book was written 2,000 years ago and we get so caught up with things being lost in translation, like what's this person's name and well, that didn't really happen and this isn't as important. But sometimes I think we dig too deep for our own good. How many of you have children and they think they know what's going on and what's coming out of their mouth might be truth, but they don't have any context for what's coming out of their mouth? I think God feels that way sometimes, like you're, you're a little bit too literal of what my words said. Just be a child and just do as I said. Amen? Amen. Amen. Today my title is Head and Heart. Um, there's going to be uh, an illustration at the end, but I just, I just want to start with the punchline. It is absolutely impossible for your heart and your head to be going in two separate di- directions. Literally, my, your, your body, for, for, me to be, for my heart to be leading me. And my head to be taking me backwards, it's either going to keep me at a stalemate where I'm fighting or it's going to kill me. Can I live with my head looking behind me? It's not, it's, it's not possible, but that's how a lot of people are living their lives. Their heart is telling them to go somewhere, but their capacity and how they believe and what they think is keeping them in the place that they're at. And they're trying to figure out it's 2019, but I'm still living like it was last year. My, 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 my thinking, my brain, the way in which I think, the bad things that, that hurt me, the things that broke my heart, the things that took me out of the presence of God or where, like, you, have you ever been, like, in rhythm? The things that took me out of that lockstep with God, that's where my brain is, but I remember what God told me, and my heart is trying to go forward. That's the punchline, people. I know it's not a whole bunch of music. Nobody's crying, but I, I want to make sure that that sinks in. It is absolutely impossible for your head to be going in one direction and your heart to be going in another. The only people that God has ever been able to use were those people who were always walking forward with both. God, I'm following what you last told me, but also, God, I believe in my head that what you showed me here, it's all working together. It's impossible to advance if you don't take the first step, but the problem with humans is that we have to believe that we can take the first step before we step out on it, and in God's word, he has this thing called faith, and it's the backwards part of it. God says, take the step and then believe. That your belief isn't in saying it. Your belief is, am I talking to anybody this morning? Your belief isn't in saying it. Your belief isn't in thinking it. But your belief is once you say, God, you know what? I can talk as much as I want to, but I'm just going to step out on, I'm going to step out on whatever it is you said is there. Because in my Bible, it says that God is not a man that he would lie so if I believe that he's God and if I can believe that he can free you then why can't I believe that there's something here that I could step on you know what I'm saying so what we're going to do today is we're going to revisit your faith so that when you, you are you're already in 2019 physically but some of you spiritually yeah. mentally and emotionally are still in what happened last year so you can come to as many I'm teaching today you can go to as many deliverance services as you want you can, go to, you can have as many people lay hands on you, spit on you, put oil on you, but if your mind is still on who broke your heart January 1st of 18, 2019, you've already lost. But I'm excited because today, we're going to get your year back today. So I don't care. I, I, I might be talking to only about four or five people, but 2019, you said it's your year, but today we're going to claim it already through your faith. Is that all right? Is that Okay. Everybody has a friend that talks about losing weight but still eats what they want to eat. Everybody has that friend that's in a relationship. She can't stand him. Dude has walked all around, through, up, down, zigzag, all around, but she still stays with him. It's the same thing when you talk to God. God, I'm believing in your word. If you believed in my word, then why aren't your actions following that's not to, I just want to sit in your lap. I'm not trying to make you, make you feel anything, but I just want to let you know that 2019, nothing just comes to you. You have to be in the right position, at the right time, with the right mindset. Because you can be in the right, you can be in the right place at the right time and miss a moment. But it all depends on how do you think. Look at your neighbor, say, how do you think? Do you think? Look at your other neighbor, say, how do, how do you think? Look at yourself, say, how do I think? The lady in the back was like, how am I supposed to look at myself? Hallelujah. we ready to get into this? This is my first point, and I only got six of them. Somebody said amen. Thank God. I've only got six. Here's the first one. Can you read it? God's plan always begins with the end. It always, God's plan can't, it, God, <laughs> I had a conversation with a five-year-old. And it's funny, like I'm turning 26 in two two weeks, and it's interesting because like I still, I've always felt old, but I was talking to a a, a little kid, and he started asking me questions, and he was like, where does God come from? And I was like, oh, (laughs) God doesn't come from anywhere, he just is. And he's like, well, why? And when he asked the question, you ever get mad at a kid for the question they ask you? (laughs) Like, why are you so smart? Like, chill out. I wasn't really mad at him. I was mad at the fact that I couldn't explain where God came from. And then God spoke something, so, like, he said, you're so worried about where I came from. Like, like, what, like why are you worried about that? Like, like in, the, in, in the garden, this is what I believe, and now I'm going to get to my subject, but this is revelation. In the garden, people think that God didn't want them to eat the fruit, pineapple, mango, whatever your favorite fruit, papaya. Tastes like armpit, by the way. Don't let them lie to you. <laughs> tastes disgusting. Fresh papaya. Anyway, some people think that, that he didn't want God. Anybody eating Papaya disgusting. Who likes papaya? Nasty. Anyway, so people believe that God didn't want Adam and Eve to eat the fruit because, you know, like they would die and they would become sick. But no, this is what this, I, I figured it out. God didn't want them to eat the fruit because he wanted them to be unaware of some things. Like you're not supposed to know what it feels like to lack (laughs) Like, you're not supposed to know what heartbreak feels like. You're not supposed to be single for forever trying to find somebody and you have your heart broken over and over and over again. Like, you're not supposed to know what it feels like to to be hungry or to be sleepy or to be restless. So as as he asked the question, I was trying to explain it to a five-year-old, and he wasn't getting it. And God was saying, this is what it's like when I talk to you. Because you try to wrap your mind around things that you weren't even supposed to be aware about. (laughs) <laughs> like, why are you, why are you worried? Just say, just, you're, it's like a math teacher. Two plus two equals four. Well, why? Why are you, just get the A in the class and get your degree. God's plan always begins with the end because that's where he's waiting for you at. God doesn't live in time. He, he just, somebody say he just is. Like, you ever talk to your kid and just because I said so? God's like, just be great because I said so. Like, just stop crying. Just be healed. Just be healed. Like, you don't have to ask for permission from me. Just be healed. <laughs> be financially literate. Like, just have your family be healed. Somebody scream, be. be. Just, just be healed. Be set free. Speak to your heart and say, be fixed. I'm, I'm done being here. Okay, I'm off subject. God's plan always begins with the end. That's why God will always, he never shows you where you are because you're too familiar with where you are. He only shows you where you're going because sometimes your faith can only be triggered by showing you what you can receive and what you can possess. So today I'm going to tell you a story. That was the intro. That was the intro. Today I'm going to tell you a story. Has anybody heard the story of Joseph? We're going to break this thing down. Piece by piece, by piece, And I pray that through breaking this down, that God would give somebody in this room revelation. If only one person gets it, then God's done his job. Right? So here we go. Genesis 37, 5 and 7. Let's, let, let's put a little, let's put some framing around this. There's a, there's a man named Israel. He has a wife. He has 11 boys. All these 11 boys in this time, in Canaan, this land, That they they live in, in this in this time, they they would they would work the ground, and you didn't eat unless you worked the ground. You didn't you didn't drink unless you built a well, and you had to work very very hard to get what you wanted. Israel has eleven boys, but out of all of his eleven, he he's still asking God for a promised child. Last year, you you had a lot of good stuff happen to you, but it wasn't what you wanted. That hit someone like. God, God did something in January, February, March, May, June, July, August, September, but you were like, God, like where's the, where's the promised child? I love my 11 other kids, love them to death, but where's, where's the one that's going to set our family free? So, Israel has another child. Does anybody remember who his wife was at this time? Rachel, because his other wife passed away. So, God gives birth to Joseph through Rachel, who was barren. So oh, it's like, okay, this, this, she wasn't supposed to have a kid, and now she's having a boy, so this must be him. Then Joseph, they, they name him Joseph, and, and, and he begins to have, start having like, all of these dreams and, and interpreting them. And basically, somebody would have a dream, and they would come to him and say, hey, X, Y, and Z happened to me last night. And he would say, oh, bet. That means this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, amen, and that's it. And people started to hear word of it. But then Joseph has a dream about himself, you can have interpretation for people all day, and they will clap you up. The minute you hear from God for yourself, oh, you're jealous. Oh, you're selfish. Oh, so God can only use you. Like, wait a minute. Remember, we prayed for you to have the child. Wait a minute. I helped you with your finances to get your house right so you could buy the house, and now I just said that God's going to deliver me, and that's too much. Genesis 37, 5 through 7. So Joseph has a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. This isn't one of my points, but you should write this down. You should not be telling your dreams to every person. Every person with seed is not a farmer. Some people with seed would rather package it and make sunflowers that can be consumed rather than planting them. So, So Joseph says... Listen to this dream I had. We were all out in the field gathering bundles of wheat. All of a sudden, my bundle stood straight up and your bundle circled around. And they all bowed down to mine. Now, if you're the baby, who who is the baby in their family? Out the womb, you already hated. Out the womb. Out the womb. Callie's not gonna get whooped for stuff that I got beat for. (laughs) Off the, off rip. Sometimes she'll be talking to my mom and she'll say no or she'll have a conversation with them and I'm sitting back like, oh, it's about to happen. <laughs> a chancla, a shoe, something about to flop. Chancla is shoe in Spanish. Anyway, so, like, something's coming. And then my dad would just say, Callie, you're just too young. And walk out the room and I'm sitting there like, whoa, time out. Where's the blood? Where's the scorn? Where's the thunder and the lightning? Where is it at? The next verse. So you can imagine where his brothers are. We've been here Longer than you have. We've worked the ground, and now you're having dreams, and you're interpreting, and now you're better than us. You're, you're better than us because you can interpret dreams. Judah's the oldest son out of all of them. He's like, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be that guy. I'm the firstborn. But he's not the anointed one. Say anointed. anointed. Joseph has another dream. Sometimes when God gives you one, he has to remind you of how great you are by giving you what? Another dream. That's another, you should have wrote that down. Five through nine, he says, he had another dream and told this one also to his brothers. He said, I dreamed another dream, that the sun and moon and 11 stars bowed down to me. So hold on, Joseph. So you mean to tell me, first I'm wheat, right? I'm, I'm I'm wheat, I'm bread, and I bow down to you. Now I'm a star and I bow down to you. But not just that, the sun and the moon, in the Greek, the sun is Yahweh, God, Yeshua, G, like God himself. The moon is Yeshua, who is Jesus, the son of God. So now you're, now you're basically telling me that we and the sun and the moon, who is God, like they all bow down to who you are? All right. I, like, are, are you sure of it? Are you positive? 10th <laughs> verse, when he told it to his father and brothers, his father reprimanded him. Now, wait a minute, weren't you praying for this son? Israel, weren't you praying for the son that would, like, move heaven and earth, and now you're going to reprimand him for doing what you prayed God to give him? Some of y'all prayed for children that would speak his wonders, and then you shut them up at two years old because they talk too much. This is what you, you asked for. God, I want a I child that's going to break through this family, and then they're stubborn, and they always ask why, and you beat it out of them. And then your family never makes it because of the promised child. Anyway, here we go. So so he says, what's with all this dreaming? If I was Joseph, I would be like, "Dog, this is in the womb. This is all you proclaimed over me. I'm just doing what you told me to do." <laughs> Am I and your mother and your brothers all supposed to bow down to you? Now his brothers were really jealous, but his father brooded over the whole business. Basically, he just washed over it, like, hey, "I go back to work." Joseph, let's let's talk. Just go go work. Let's and let, let's talk. Second point: demise doesn't always equal defeat. A lot of you, a lot of things happened last year that should have taken you out, and, and you can feel defeated, yeah, but I, I, just, I just want to come against that and let you know that what you see as defeat is just an opportunity for God. Yeah. Like, like what you saw or what you thought should have taken you out, like close your eyes. Think of the worst pain from last year. That one, the one that made you like, I don't want to think about that anymore. Like that was an opportunity for God to work through you to speak to a certain population of people that are going through what you're going through. Sometimes what you're going through that you hate is a gift from God to qualify you to speak to people. Like, I'm starting to see the world a little bit differently. Like, when people tell me their story, like, I was sexually abused or, or I was a drug addict or I was addicted to pornography or, like, I was a constant liar I had anxiety but God delivered me. I'm like, oh, they want me to cry and pray for them. Like, you don't need any prayer. Like, you were just equipped. Like, you were just equipped to do, like, do you know how many women need to hear your story about how, can, how God can restore your body, can restore your reproductive organs, your mind and your spirit? You can, there's a group of people that you need to speak to. So once something happens to you, don't become frustrated. I start praising God. So when I start failing in my classes, I'm like, oh, shoot, something's about to happen. I mean, I still need to study, but something's about to happen. (laughs) So here we go, Genesis 37, 18 through 20. So after Israel sends the 11 brothers away, he tells Joseph, he says, Joseph, you know what? I think it'd be good for you to go check up on your brothers. Like, he doesn't tell them what to say. It's not written. But he says, I think you should go check on them. Now, remember, his brothers are jealous. They're frustrated, this dreamer. Like, oh, he's the promised one, blah, 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 blah. So then they spot him off in the distance. By the time he got to them, they had cooked up a plot to kill him. The brothers were saying, here comes that dreamer. Let's kill him and throw him into one of these old cisterns. (laughs) We can say that a vicious animal ate him up. We'll see what his dreams amount to. But this is what they didn't know. Do you know what a cistern is? A cistern is basically an empty well. A cistern is a tank for storing water, especially one supplying taps for community drinking. So they threw him in a hole, thinking that they could just like kill him there. But they threw him in a hole which stands for provision. Because once they threw him in the wall, the wall the, the once they threw him in the well, the well was full. Like just think, just think up here just for a second. Like we're going to throw him in a hole and he's going to die. But what they threw him in wasn't a hole. It was a well. And God says that out of you shall flow what? Rivers of running water. So once they threw him in the hole, the hole became full. So a lot of you are trying to figure out why does my family keep throwing me in a hole? It's because you're the living water for your family, baby. Why does my job keep trying to, like, like, just make, like, they give me all the work. They're all, like, hey, I need you to stay over the weekend. Hey, I need you to stay over Christmas. Don't think of it as being buried in a hole, but rather you're, you're filling up a dry place that's going to give water to some other people. Can somebody shout amen? amen? Once you start looking at your situation a little bit differently, Joseph didn't get it. He's like, my brothers are going to kill me, but a cistern is a place where people come to get water. So in your lowest point, All you're doing is you're priming a well. Because God's got to start with someone. You want your family free? The minute it comes out of your mouth, okay, you're going to be the one. And sometimes you got to prime for a long time before you get water. Number three, we're halfway there. What is this one? Character speaks louder than actions and words. So Joseph is in this cistern. He's in this place of God's provision, a place that was once dry and there's living water that comes out of him because he's a believer of God. And now the well is like symbolically it's full. His family is going to get provision from him. But his, his brothers do something crazy. They, they sell him into slavery. Some of us last year, it was a great year, but some of your families literally sold you. Let, let me talk to those folks. The people that you love, you, and it's not always your blood relatives. Sometimes it's just people. Just people can hurt you. People can be chasing after God and hurt you. People cannot, people can do, people can hurt you in love. Anybody ever been there? It starts with, I really don't mean to hurt your feelings, but dot, 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 and you wish the dot, dot, dot was just a period. I wish, I really wish this wouldn't hurt you, period, and just walk away. But some of us get hurt by certain things. So, so, is this good? We good? So Joseph gets sold into slavery by his own brothers, 11 of them. They come, they take him, they take him to the the slave stockyard in Egypt, and and while he's there, a man by the name of Potiphar, can you say Potiphar? Potiphar comes and he grabs him. He says, You know what? Pharaoh needs a slave. So he says, uh, That one. He picks up Joseph, he takes him to Potiphar's house, he teaches him how to, uh, how, how to walk and talk Egyptian and all this other stuff, and, and he cleans him up and he starts serving in his house. At this time, Potiphar is Pharaoh's right hand man. So, If Pharaoh says something, Potiphar could basically say the same thing, and he has the same amount of power. Now, Joseph doesn't understand that while he's even in slavery, that God is still making a way for him. Symbolically, he never left the hole. He never left the well, the place of God's provision. Even though he's in Egypt, he's still in the well. He's still in the place of God's provision. He's still in the place where God is speaking to him. He's still in the place where he's filling up that that place that was dry. Because sometimes you're Egypt, the place that you're like, I'm in slavery. God is like, no, I'm sending you to a place so that you can deliver the people that are there already. But just keep, remember what I said, keep your head and your heart in the same place. Keep your because if your head is in if your head is in a place that you hate your family and you hate what happened to you back then when I deliver you to to Pharaoh's house and you're so frustrated with them you're not Pharaoh's not gonna see you as a blessing he's gonna see you as a problem so when you get sent to a department in your in your workplace that you can't stand. And the turnover rate is above 20%, 30%, 40%. Instead of saying that they've sent me here to die, instead change your thinking. They've sent me here because they know I have the ability and the power to change something. Whenever you look at your family and you're like, yo, these folks crazy. Say crazy. Crazy. I mean crazy. Like I'm done. I want to get a divorce. I'm putting all these kids up for adoption. You know, I'm spending all the money. Instead of thinking that way, think about it this way. Why would God send me here? Because we're purpose-filled people, amen? Amen? So that means that God only sends you to any situation that you've already won. God does not send you to situations where you lose. What father does that? Sends his son into a battle that he's already lost. No. No. We believe that through the power of Jesus Christ, that Jesus died on the cross, right? He saved our souls, which is cool. I mean, that's the cute part. We get to go to heaven Uh, awesome but he gave us some power when he died so walk around powerful as if you've already got it amen so back to the story so joseph he 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 gets cleaned up he goes to potiphar's house and potiphar basically like just makes him the king of the slaves like all these slaves that are here now i want you to take care of them potiphar started getting Joe giving joseph um like these ridiculous tasks can you say ridiculous tasks and everything he kept giving Joseph, Joseph would finish it in like two days. Potiphar said, you know what, this is the king's armory. It's a mess. See all those arrows, all those spears, see the elephants with the cannons on them? Don't touch them, they bite. Like, he's like, you see all this stuff? I'll give you two months to take care of it. Joseph so bad, he came back in two days. All right, it's done. What's next? God will send you into places where the work is like playtime. So if you're working someplace and you're bored, God has just giving you an environment to do something real quick so you can work on what he really sent you to do. So if you go to a 9 to 5, I'm talking to somebody. If you go to a 9 to 5 and you get your work done at 12, that means you got five hours to work on what you really had time to do. And guess what? You are getting paid for it. But Joseph, what if he would have thought he was a slave? I'm just going to do my work. I'm just going to work from 9 to 5, do the minimal amount so I can drone on. No, he said, you know what? I'm not supposed to be a slave because my father told me in Canaan that I'm a son of the Most High, and I know that I'm in a well, and I know it's, it's like I'm moisturizing that thing with the living water, so i got to take care of some stuff because I won't be a slave always. What the enemy wants you to believe is that 2018 can be copied and pasted into this year. That's what he wants you to believe. He wants you to believe that every, like, last year, what you thought was the worst thing, like, oh, I got something so much oh, so much worse for you this year. But God says just stay priming the well. Just keep, just keep believing in my word. Just keep using your faith. I know that you're a slave, Joseph, but I'm going to make you the pharaoh of the whole land, and your family's going to come to you and find rest. So don't think like a slave, even though you are a slave. That's why the word says to speak out of your mouth. What God has already said, rather than what you see. Speak, speak what you see with what I showed you. Don't speak what you see with your eyes. Amen? Back to the story. So Joseph is with Potiphar, and he keeps giving him all of these, like, impossible tasks. Impossible tasks. You know what I want you to do? I want you to irrigate this entire field using uh, the Nile, which runs north. It's impossible. How are you supposed to irrigate water, an entire field that runs in the opposite direction of the river? Joseph says, bet. God, give me, just give it to me. Some of you are trying to do things by your own power, and God's just like, "Just baby, just tap into me. Just, you interpret people's dreams, let me interpret yours. Like, like you provide provision for other people, just ask me. But you got to have relationship. Back to the story. I'm so sorry. This is so good. So this is, I'm preaching to myself this morning. Anyway, so then Joseph is, is in the house after all of these, say, impossible tasks. Impos- impossible. 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 Some of you have some impossible tasks right now at work, and you're stressing. And God is like, look at it as an opportunity. Back to the story, Joshua. He's in Potiphar's house. I got to bring it down, get to the site. He's in Potiphar's house, and Potiphar's wife takes a liking to Joseph. She says, oh, so a slave is doing more than the right hand of Pharaoh, huh? Okay, let's see what that anointing do, though. (laughs) Your anointing will call people to you, but there are different categories of people. So as God raises you up, you're getting closer to him, but as you're being raised up, everybody's eyes are on you, and not all of them are loving eyes. So she tries to tell Joseph, she says, Joseph, look, dog, <clears throat> you, you out here showing up my husband, and you a slave. You can read and write Egyptian. You took care of an armory that took us four years to even put the stuff in that you took care of it in two days. You watered all this other stuff, so, like, what's good? Oh, sorry. That's layman terms for sleep with me. She tries so hard, so hard, like, sleep with me, Joseph. Mm-mm. sleep with me. No, sleep with me. No, it's the same in all the languages. No, I, I, I can't, I can't do this. Joseph in, in, the thir- in the 38th chapter, he basically says, how dishonorable would it be for me to do against my master what he has done for me? Like how, sometimes people will talk to you about some things and instead of responding with talking about the trash that they're talking about, you should ask this question. Wh- like, why are you so comfortable sharing dirt with me? Like, like, when did it become a thing where you became comfortable coming and talking to me about somebody else's dirt? Because I remember I shared with you some things, so do you do, you do the same thing with you do the same thing with the bras that you do? With, you have to. You have to be. Because Maya Angelou said, "What? When they show you who you are. <laughs> so she tries to get him to sleep with him. She tries to get him to sleep with him. She, like, grabs him, and, like, she's tussling with him, and he's like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to sleep with you. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. No, I don't want to do it. 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 And as he's going to run away, she rips his clothes. She rips his clothes. Potiphar comes, and she's screaming, crying hysterically, and she says, he tried to do X, Y, and Z with me. He was trying to do, like, all these other things with me that, that were inappropriate, And Potiphar says, when his master heard his wife's story telling him, these are the things your slave did to me, he was furious. Joseph's master took him and threw him into the jail where, where? The king's prisoners were locked up. He didn't behead him. He didn't throw him in jail where the slaves go. He didn't tell him, you know what, you're just going to work until your back gives out. Where did he put him? He put him in the top level of jail. Is anybody getting the crumbs yet? He, he didn't say, you're going to die working forever, or I'm just going to chop your head off. He says, you know what? I'm putting you in the king's jail. So even when people think that they are throwing you in the trash, <laughs> like, they th- I'm putting you in jail. You put me in the king's jail? The only reason I'm in the king's jail is because at some point he's still going to need me. Because if you didn't have any use for me, you would have taken me out. Oh, my God. So 2018, there was some stuff that you thought should have killed you, and it didn't. That's because God says, no, I ain't done with you. (laughs) I couldn't let what happened to you last year. I, I couldn't. So Joseph has to think, so you had the justified reason to kill me, but you didn't. And you didn't put me in the slums. You put me literally like one step below the king's palace. Where I should have been eating, like, dust and rice, I'm eating steak in prison. Where, where, where I should have been working day after day until I die, because that's what slavery is. There's no food. You just work as hard as you can so you don't get beat, and then your back gives out, and then, like, oh, they take a rock or a big hammer and just, and that's it. No, you, you put me in the king's prison. Sometimes when you're in a place of solitary confinement, it's not to make you crazy. Sometimes it's just for God to check up on you one-on-one. God's like, you think it's a prison, but I just want to talk to you with no interruptions. You did all that stuff for Potiphar, Joseph, and you started feeling yourself. So, okay, let me remind you of why you're here. You're not here to impress man. Let me take you, put you in jail and remind you. Remember who I am? Oh, my God, God, yeah, you're you're the bright and morning star. Like, I remember in my dream, the sun and the moon bowed down to me, and it wasn't that they were bowing down to me because God would never bow down to a human. It was more so that you were submitting to the will that you put inside of me. That's why I'm here in jail now. So, oh, I totally get it. So then you start to look at things that really make you upset. Like when somebody hurts you, you don't, like, want to retaliate with them. You look at them like, oh, God must want to visit with me. Oh, my friends left me. They're terrible. No, God just wants to talk to you with no distractions. Is this good? Yes. Number four. Whatever you do, it will work out for your good. Oh my God. What it, like, God, I, I believe that God wants you to know that regardless of where you are, whatever resources you have, that it's all good. Say it's all good. It's all good. Like, it, does, it doesn't matter. There used to be this guy named Floyd that used to come to our church. Was it Floyd Mayweather? Is that his name? Was it, what's his name? Name is Floyd. I was thinking about Pacquiao messing up Bronner. That was hilarious. I whooped that boy. You threw two punches. Anyway. Um, But he used to answer every single thing with it's all good. You could ask him a question. You could make a statement. Man, you look really good today. Man, It's all good. Sometimes you can be so happy that it frustrates people. Sometimes you can be, you ever met somebody like, okay, you can stop faking. God is not that good. You can stop. You can stop. Like it's, he's not all that good. And in your heart, you're like, oh, but he is. <laughs> so say it with me. Whatever you do, it will work out for your good. I need 10 people to stand to your feet and say it one more time. Say, whatever I do, there it is. It will always work for my good. I need 10 more people to stand up and say it. Whatever I do, it will always work for my good. Somebody clap your hands right there and receive it. Come on, receive it, receive it, receive it. Okay, you can take a seat. Back to the story. Back to the story. (laughs) Back story. Back Back to the story. Back to the story. Thank you, Lord. So Joseph goes to jail. I got 30 minutes left. God, you just, I see how he's the master of time. I thought I was through. Anyway, And I haven't got a text from my mama because, you know, she'd be like, wrap it up. (laughs) (laughs) Genesis 39, 23. So Joseph's in jail, right? We here? We good class? What happened? He was at Potiphar's doing his thug thizzle. Wife was trying to, and he was like, no. Put him in jail. He realizes, oh, my God, God doesn't hate me. He just wants to talk to me. 20 to the 23rd verse. Watch this because this is where a lot of us are. But they're in jail. What? God was still with Joseph. And how do you know? Because it says that God himself reached out in kindness to him. He put him on good terms with the head jailer. Sometimes God will make people that don't like you have to bless you. Like, like there's a prayer that... In our family, we pray all the time. We say, God, that you would would provide light unto my feet and unto my path, that my path would be straight and narrow, that I may not fall over. But if I do fall, that I fall into the hands of grace. And, God, we pray that in your name, that people that have ill will against me, God, that you would bless them and cause their hearts to turn towards my good. That you would cause people that hate me to have their hearts turn towards my good. Sometimes people can't help but to bless you. You ever got a gift from somebody, and you know they hate you, and you're looking at it like, hmm all right, close your eyes, close your eyes. You ever receive food from somebody that you swear to God, I've never eaten from you? Happens to your pastors all the time. Oh, thanks. What is it? Have you guys seen, um, have you, I'm sorry, I have to get this out. Have you guys seen my big fat Greek wedding? You remember when the mom was trying to <laughs> pronounce it a bunt? It's, like, it's a bunt case, she says a bunt, But anyway. So uh, <laughs> sometimes God will 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 he'll he'll make. <laughs> I gotta watch it tonight. Sometimes God will cause people to bless you that like that. that that's, I think that's why the word says that no matter what and like what weapon is formed against you, it shall not prosper. I feel like sometimes people have javelins and they're throwing it to at you, and the minute it comes out of their hands, it turns into money. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sometimes, I think that sometimes people come up to you and they have a gun and they put the gangster joint on it like this, because this means, you know, I'm like apprehending you. This means I'm trying to kill you. That's what they call kill shot. And like, as soon as like they go, like your healing comes out of the cannon. I got another one, Damon. I got another one. Sometimes I think that people roll up to your house with a tank and they're like, oh my God, I'm going to tell all these lies in their family. And as soon as like they like let the thing go, provision comes to your family. That's what, that's what I believe. So I'm just taking the Bible and thinking about it literally. So the next time somebody tries to curse me, I'm like, oh, come on. Please. Like, take your best shot and make it good because I'm asking for some big things. Matter of fact, you have a bow and arrow. Here's a bazooka here. Like, I want you, like, when you shoot, I want it to be huge. Use this. (laughs) Sorry, that was funny to me. That was funny to me. So, as he's in jail, can somebody say amen? amen? So, while he's in jail, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. While he's in jail, God visits with him. So, he, he puts him on good terms with the jailer. Can't even explain it. That's what favor is favor's not fair. People will walk up to you and be like, I don't know, Jason, I can't stand your face, but here's $100. I can't stand you. So, here's the position like, I'm gonna promote you so I don't have to look at you every day. That's funny. I should be a comedian. Thank you. No, you're the comedian. You're right. Okay. So I can't get past it. So then the head jailer does what? He puts Joseph in charge of the, all the prisoners. You, <laughs> First, you deliver me out of a cistern, which is a hole that's a well water. But I'm still there because that's my place of provision. I'm working for my family. Into slavery, into Potiphar's house. His wife tries to do the deed. I ain't with it. Now I'm in the king's jail, and now you're going to make me the king of the, the prisoners. So that means that everywhere that God puts me, I'm on top. That's how it works. Oh, I didn't know. Did you know? Look at your neighbor. Say, did you know? Because I didn't know that God only wants you on top. That's crazy. That, that's, like, I have the mindset, like, if I'm, I sucked at math, I got a 12 on my ACT, then a 15, then an 18, then a 21. I got that 21. I was like, what's good? We in there. I ain't taking it again. (laughs) This master's program, I was led in by the skint of my teeth. Not skin, skint, like that enamel part, the part that comes before that. The part that sits in between your saliva and the enamel, that's how I got in there. That GRE was tough, tough. But I said, God, I'm only taking it once. God makes him the king of the slaves. So it's like, instead of worrying about at what level that you're at, just remember, any level that you're at, rule that. Yeah. <laughs> mm. He ended up managing the whole operation. He, <laughs> God, this is so good. The head jailer gave Joseph free reign. He never even checked on him. So are you in prison if they ain't checking on you? That means he, they were sending him to do errands. Hey, yo, so we need you to go to Canada and go get some, uh, some, some, uh, some maple syrup. Come back when you want to. I thought I, was a, I thought I was in jail. What jail do you know where they just let you out? Unless you're Pablo Escobar, but that's a long time ago. <laughs> like where you make the own rules for your entrapment. Yeah. Yeah, right. God, like, I just speak that right now, that wherever you are that you feel you're trapped, that you get to make your own rules while you're there. <laughs> You can keep me in this box, but I'm going to have TV up in this joint. And Netflix. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, you've been here too long. So the head of jailer gave Joseph free reign. He never even checked on him because God was with him. Read it. Whatever he did. God said, there's no way that you can go to run away from the love of, of, of who I am as your father. I'm going to take care of you anywhere you go. Young men, here it is. You don't have to be the sexiest person on earth. I'm not married, but I'm just—I just know I read a lot. You ain't got to be the sexiest man on earth. And a lot of men in this room have used this principle. You don't have to be sexy. Don't have to have a lot of money. But if you can give her what she wants when she needs it, when, she, like, yeah, I know you want the money the—but if I can give you what you need now, like she's thirsty and but she says she wants a house. I ain't worried about the house. Here's some Aquafina. Man, I'm hungry, but I really want the Maserati. Here's a sandwich. (laughs) Because we're made just like God, right? We're made in the image of God, and my job is to be what—a provider. So if so if I if I walk the line enough and I provide enough, by the time she asks for the house, I'm gonna be like, "Here's some keys." I should have got married right there, brother (laughs) Damon. I do. (laughs) Number five, say number five. Is this good? Number five, your moment always comes. But look at your neighbor and ask him, will you be ready? People work so hard for a moment and then miss it and don't even know that they missed it and keep working and think that God never came. God's never showed up in my life. No, you just weren't prepared when the moment came. So my grandfather has this thing. I'm a storyteller. I got to tell you the story. My grandfather has this thing um, in the South. Anybody from the country? There's a thing. Dogs chase cars. Don't ask me why. Big dogs, too. It's not like, where's Miss Teresa? Big dogs, huh? Miss Teresa? Huge, I mean, big. Like, they don't, they don't bark. If a dog runs at you and he ain't barking, I'm scared. If a dog runs at me, I'm like, oh, he's barking. But if he runs at me, he ain't, oh, I'm booking. That means that brother ain't got to bark. He got some bite, yo. You know what I'm feeling? But anyway, in the South, they, 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 they chase after cars. And after the car gets out of their line of sight, what happens? That was a good one, Roy. You almost got it today. Yeah, I'm going to get him tomorrow. <laughs> but my papa would ask me, he says, so what would happen if the dog caught the car? So you've run for 15, 20 years after this car, dog. 15, no, they'd be dead. You've, seven years. Seven years? Yeah, you 49. Whoa. You're running and you ca- the, the car stops. Look at your neighbor say, now what? Now. You've been asking God for the opportunity. God, I need this opportunity. I can sing. I can sing. I can sing. Whitney Houston gets reincarnated, brought back to life, breath back in her body, sing me something. Missed it. You missed it. And God's like, you've been begging for it, but you weren't even ready. But since you keep calling me, I'm just going to give it to you. There, there's your opportunity. And then God leaves and waits for you to show up on the stage and nothing happens. Then when you don't do what? Your part. After it passes, God, you never had me. I can't believe this. Don't go to that church. All they speak is lies. Whoa. You ask God for it. At this church, all we do is give you your life back to you. That's all we do. We transform who you are. So this is who you are, Janetta. Thank you. <clears throat> and then I'm going <clears> to <throat> give it back to you. God says, I just gave you who you were in the moment. So just keep working because your moment always, it always comes. But the question is, will you be ready? So you can meet your match but not be ready. God, I'm just tired of being single. I, you met him two years ago. You said no to him. God, I just need this job. You said no to it because you were an associate, not the CEO. But now the person that I put in that position is running the company. Like, okay, y'all looking at me. Let me move on. Genesis 41 and 9. So while Joseph, back to the story, right? Back to the story. Joseph is in jail, and he meets two men that are in there. Remember, the only people that are in the king's prison are those that did what? Either served Pharaoh... Or he's gonna have some use for them later on. Like he's trying to figure out what he wants to do with them. So he meets two people. He meets a cupbearer and he meets this guy that makes bread. So the head cupbearer then spoke up and said to Pharaoh, Oh no, 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 let me, let me go back, 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 let me go back. Yeah, let me go back. Let me go back. So while he's in jail, he meets these these, these two guys, and they both they, they 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 start having dreams while they're in the jail. If you read it, like these two guys, the cupbearer and the bread the bread guy, <laughs> bread guy, they weren't dreaming before Joseph showed up. <laughs> so sometimes just your presence is what people need. That's why coming to this church is not a big deal. Sometimes You physically are the only God that some people will ever see. Your life, they'll learn more from your life than they will from cracking open a Bible. That's why they say, be the salt of the earth, be the yeast of the earth, be silent but deadly. Because salt creep up on you. Then you got high diabetes, high blood pressure. It's a killer. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to kill people with the love of God silently. That was a good one, wasn't it? That was good. That's a bad analogy. Diabetes isn't good. We lose it in Jesus' name. Anyway, so while he's there, they start having dreams. And uh, the, the cupbearer has a dream. And he says, Joseph, I have a dream. And I've been dreaming it since you've been here, but I don't know what it means. And Joseph says, guess what? I'm in the business of interpretation. What's the dream? So he says, so, I'm walking through Pharaoh's vineyard, and I see a cluster of grapes, and the grapes are so big that, like, one grape, I squeeze it, and I make a whole bunch of vats for Pharaoh to drink from. And he says, I have this dream three times, then I wake up. Joseph says, oh, okay, so the three times you have it means in three days, you're going to be called back to Pharaoh's house to basically be put back in your position. And the cupbearer says, okay, you crazy. I'm in jail. Whatever. Some people that you reveal God to, they won't take it. It's not your job to make them. I'm going to get this person saved. And then you waste your life trying to change somebody else. So Joseph says, well, you asked. There it is. Goes back to his little cubby and eats steak or whatever. So then the bread guy, he's like, oh, so I got a dream too. He says, so I'm carrying these three baskets of bread. You've heard the story before? Carrying these three baskets of bread, and the ground is cracked and it's extremely it's dusty, and every night I I I fall, and the bread, the bread baskets fall, and the bread's over the floor. And instead of eating the bread, the crows that are in the air, what do they do? They they come and they they devour me. Joseph says, I don't know what that one means. And the bread's like, No, nah, dog, you said you would interpret and tell me what it means. <laughs> Joseph's like, No, nah, I, I don't know. He says, What does it mean? He says, Well, The three baskets are just like the three days with the cupbearer. But basically in three days, Pharaoh's going to come in here and he's going to chop your head off. So guess what? Say three days. days. A sad day. It's tough. Three days. The head guard comes, kicks the door down, says to the cupbearer, hey, Uh, Pharaoh needs his drink. He gets placed back into the place where he was before. As he's walking out, this is how I envision it, Joseph's like, make sure to tell him. Please tell him, like, I'm still here. Because sometimes people will throw you away and forget that you're there. They'll throw you in dirt, and they don't realize that you're a seed. And once you get buried, another sermon next month. It's going to be dope. Another sermon. So make sure you tell, tell Potiphar and Pharaoh that I'm still here, and I still have the gift that God gave me. I'm not trash. Whatever you went through doesn't make you trash. It just gives you character. It gives you character. That's why our pastor loves diamonds, but he loves diamonds with flaws. Because that means that the diamond that has the flaw went through more pressure than the beautiful one. And it has a crack because it withstood more heat and more pressure. So flawed diamonds... The world wants you to believe that they're flawed because they have a crack in them. But no, they're stronger than the ones that you have on your finger because they went through more and still withheld. That's revelation for somebody. All you guys that are getting engaged, well, he said a crack in it is $2,000 less. You better take it. It's a strong diamond. Say strong diamond. (laughs) Hey, I'm providing. That's what he said, too. It's cheaper. Do you want the diamond or a house? Pick one. (laughs) <laughs> so is this good we good okay so he uh so the uh the cup bearer leaves two seconds later the guard kicks the door open again comes to the the bread the bread guy and he the baker yeah that's the word i was looking for brother freddie thank you the bread guy thank y'all for loving me enough not to be like what is he talking about <laughs> he comes to the bread guy the baker and he takes him to the gallows and he has his cut cut his head cut clean off that's what my papa said clean off Has his head cut clean off. Joseph spends the next 15 years in jail. God of my provision in the hole, delivered out of slavery into Potiphar's house. Wife tries to do stuff with me. You send me to the king's jail. I become the leader. I'm at the top of everything. And now you got me in jail by myself for 15 years. So God, where are you? There's no account of Joseph questioning where God was. Joseph just just kept doing what God told him to do. A lot of us are looking for revelation from God, and God just says what? Just keep doing the last thing I told you to do. So you might go 364 days this year where God said what in the beginning of the year? Move forward. It might be August. God, what did you say? What did I say? January one. My dad used to have to tell me one time to cut the grass. If he had to tell me twice, not Callie, because Callie doesn't get spanked, but she does. (laughs) And women shouldn't do yard work, that's so weird to me. Women taking out the trash, like when I see a woman cutting grass, I get like, what are you doing, it's weird. I mean, you can, but it's just like, because women didn't cut grass in my house, it's just, it's weird. How dare my mom be outside shoveling snow when I'm in the house, sorry. That's disrespect. (laughs) Like, And you say here for free? And you got your mama, your mama outside shoveling snow. Where you live at, I'll come in anyway. That's just, ooh, that's tough. Your mama does your laundry? Dog, some, whoa, that's tough. You don't know how to wash your own drawers, dog? So he's in the jail. A lot of time passes. A lot of time passes, and this is what happens. Somebody say Pharaoh. Pharaoh has a dream. Remember, all the dreams that he's been having, they've all been advancing. He got, God gave him the dream. Remember the first point? What was the first point? God always starts with the end. He said, everything's going to bow down to you. So finally, the son has a dream. Pharaoh, the one that shines light over the entire land, has a dream. And has to submit, bow down to Joseph. But let's go back to the first point. What if his brain was still in captivity? The, 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 the message that God gave him in his heart said that you're going to be the guy, but his brain is still captive in what happened on January 2nd. God gave you a word for 2019, but you're still stuck last year. And now somebody's looking at you because what would we believe? We believe that the world is going to come to us looking for answers. But if your moment comes and you're not ready, they'll be able to say that the church is weak again. The church is just, eh. What if the church had an answer? What if the church had an answer to the bills that are just being passed? Did you see what happened this week? And they laughed as they wrote it. Like, they they laughed. A full-term child. Now, this is the thing. I have no context in that. I know that there are some times where some things have to happen medically for the, the, the child and the mother. I, I understand that. I, 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 I'm sorry. I don't understand that. But I'm just speaking just from the basis. Like, a baby can be full term now. Full, full term. Heartbeat. You've called the child by name. And they laughed, signing a piece of paper to basically sacrifice them. What if we had an answer to it? What if we could give an option that you don't have to have, we can set something up that you can see the child and we'll make sure that you can take care of that child. What if the church had an answer? Do you guys know how many people died last year because of how cold it was? 217 homeless people died last year. And there are four or five different shelters that have the capacity of like 1,500 beds. But 217 people died last year. What if we had an answer to that? There are people that are out there on the street that would rather deal with their crazy than to go talk to a psychologist. What if we had somebody that was brooded in the kingdom that could deliver them from their mental instability and put them in a place where they can be used? What if we had an answer? What if our answer to teens wasn't just don't have sex? Okay? Okay. But you said God made it and it's good and it feels good, I assume. Like, 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 what do you want me to do? What if we had an answer besides just don't do it? Because this is what I know you can't tell me not to do something if you don't have a better option ready for me. Do you know how many tons of food this city throws away that's perfectly good? Do you know the landfill that's in Lancaster County? You have no idea. The state literally has 10 plus acres of land where they dump food. 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 What if we had an answer to, to policy that could put that food in people's hands that they could actually eat at night? If Joseph would have been frustrated with where he was, when Pharaoh had the dream, he wouldn't have been any good to him. Some of us are no good to the problems that we're in because we're stuck on what happened to us. God's saying you want opportunity and I've given it to you, but you're so frustrated that somebody left you. Bump them. Who cares about them? I have an opportunity for you. And the opportunity that I'm giving you is going to feed them. So forget about them and take care of what I showed you so that you can be what they, come on, so you can be what they need. Stop worrying about what happened to you. It happened to you to equip you. Now you've been equipped for a moment. Be in the moment so that you can give life to the people that threw you in the trash. Because the most important thing is they had to throw you in the trash because the cistern is a place of water that's going to give water to other people. So it's all necessary. Man, this is so good. So Genesis 41. So after a long period of time, Pharaoh's like, I had this dream. And it's tormenting me. Remember the cupbearer? The cupbearer goes, Oh my God, I, I, what does it say? I just now remembered something. Sometimes people will promise you things and get to the place where they're supposed to remember you and they won't. But it's not because they don't forgive, they, they, they don't remember you. Sometimes I think that God's like, Wait a minute, your provision's not gonna come from man. Like, you're not gonna get out of jail because the cupbearer said, Hey, this brother interprets dreams. No, 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 no. God's like, I do over and above. I put super on top of your natural. So if you're going to get out of here, I know they don't have helicopters in this time yet, but I'm going to bring a helicopter and, and, like, rip the whole thing off the jail and then pick you up. And then I'm going to, like, neuralize people. So they, remember, and men in black, like, the so people can't remember it. Like, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be something that you can't say that man did it. Stop looking to fix your own problems because God's like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do something crazy. Does anybody have some crazy faith? Like, I'm not, I don't want just a hundred dollars for today for the bill. I don't want a loaf of bread, a pound of butter, and a gallon of. I don't want that today. Like, I want you to deliver bakers into my hand. The whole grocery store chain. That's where my faith is. Because if God gives me anything in between there, I'm still blessed. Why expect so little of God? God's like, a crumb? That's all you want? Why don't you ask for the foundations of the earth to be restored back to you? Like, I'm God. I'm, I'm God. I'm God. I am I'm God. I'm God. Any parents, it's, it's crazy. I remember we invested as our family into this church and that's all we had. For years, we ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches so that we can have this. So on Christmas, they, used it, they would tell us, don't you dare ask for anything this year, and we respected it. But when the day came, what do you want for Christmas? We had not—we hadn't gotten anything, so we didn't even know the level of we could. We didn't even know the level of what God could give us, so we would ask, "Well, I want this." They would say, "Dream bigger." Oh, okay. Well, I want a bike. Dream bigger. Some of y'all are asking, God, just bring my son home. God's like, (laughs) dream bigger. God, restore the love of my relationship with my wife. God, give me a promotion. Really? A a promotion? 25 cent raise? That's all you? I'm God. Okay, God, give me a business idea so I can outgrow my competition. I just now remembered something. I'm so sorry. I should have told you this long ago. Remember how I said before that God will cause people that either forget about you, throw you in the trash to remember or to give favor? This is another example of it. He was supposed to do something a long time ago. But if Joseph was frustrated with him, he'd be mad when he got there. I know I'm delivered, but you couldn't have said anything a long time ago. Some of us are frustrated with people and we just forget about the blessing that God gave us. Because God uses people too. That's why we say do what? Charge it to my and not my. When the famine spread throughout, oh, I'm sorry. Let me me go back. Pardon me. So Joseph finally gets there. He doesn't, I assume when he got there and he saw the cupbearer, he probably just nodded. Wait, I see you. It's time to go. They take him out of jail. They clean him up because you can't go to Pharaoh Dusty. So people think that at our church that we speak prosperity and, like, wealth, and all we think about is money, but that's what everybody needs. They just don't want it to come from the church because they want you to be broke. Because then if the church is broke, then they equate that to humbleness. But I'm not trying to be humble. I'm trying to be disrespectfully wealthy. I mean, mean, somebody say, ignorant. Like, I'm trying to walk up in that joint, oh, you need your bills paid? There it is, and walk out. You ever paid lunch for somebody and left the restaurant? It's like the most, it's like a high feeling. It's like taking a a hit. I wouldn't know. Mom, hey, 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 hey. Zoom in. Hey, hey, I don't know. Y'all, hey, hey, cut that. Mad mad when you start uh, editing post-edit? Cut that out. Okay, all right. Go take the live off. Turn it back on. <laughs> Reboot the system. Um, like you walk into some, some place and you say, I just want to bless them. Bring me their check. Pay for it and leave. And if you're real good, you can like leave and come back like you just got there. And be like, hey, God bless you. Like somebody just paid for our dinner. What? Who, who did it? <laughs> <laughs> so Pharaoh gives him this dream. He has two of them. The first one he says, okay, so seven ears of grain. Remember, Joseph's first dream was grain. It's another, that's another sermon. Sometimes God will have similarities in the enemy's thoughts because they, they won't be able to accept you saying it's God. So they'll just give you similar attributes. You, everybody has people in their life, if you mention Jesus, they'd be like, oh, but you both like cars. So you can minister to them while you're changing oil. You can minister to a family as they watch you play with your kids. You don't even have to say Jesus because they see him. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So Pharaoh has a dream. He says there are seven ears of grain, strong, golden. And then what happens? Seven decrepit ears come, twine around them, and they break them and they they destroy them. And then Joseph goes, you know what? I And Pharaoh goes, shut up. I got another dream. He goes, oh, my bad. Because if you speak out of place, you, you know, remember the baker, he got his head cut off. I don't want that to happen to me. So he goes, okay, Farrell, what is your other dream? Farrell says, okay, so my other dream is there are seven fat calves, like huge, like the ones that are here in Nebraska. Y'all ever seen them cows and you're like, they feeding them something. I don't know what it is, but you don't get that, that thick cornbread and greens. That's what they feeding them. <laughs> uh, I got you, Nebraska agriculture. I got you. Seven cows, and they're beautiful. They're drinking by the stream, and um, then after that, guess what happens? Seven other cows on the opposite side of the river are disgusting and decrepit, but what do they do? They eat the other seven cows. Then Pharaoh says something very important. Pharaoh says, all of my magicians, all of my gods, they can't give me an interpretation. They tell me that you interpreted the cupbearer. and the, the, the bread guy, <laughs> the baker. I'm Pharaoh, so that means that you think you're either better than me or you serve a God that's better than mine. Pause. We know that our God reigns supreme over everything, but people don't know and they need proof. But guess what? Proof isn't always the miracle that God can do for them. You want to know what proof is? You. That's why we believe at Ambassadors Worship Center, the minute I walk into it, like literally, like I I literally believe that when I walk into a room, God walks in with me. And people might be looking, they think they see me, but they see the God that I serve. So Joseph's I'm gonna give you the layman's terms. Joseph says, Okay, God, you crazy. You crazy. Like he's probably talking to God in Pharaoh's like, Who? Who is he talking to? Hold on one second. Yeah, seven. Stocks of grain, the cow. All right, bet. This is what happens: the seven stocks of grain and the seven cows are both the same. There will be seven years of what? Prosperity in your land. It's going to be beautiful. But the seven decrepit harvest stocks and the seven, uh, yeah, the 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 seven the the seven the nasty, yeah, the, the the grain-fed joints the. You know, the, the cows that are sick, that's famine. So basically it says this, okay, so for seven years, there's going to be good and then there's going to be bad. But in the seven, the, the, it, when the famine uh, is, is here, in those seven years of plenty, what you're going to do is from everything that all the farmers grow, you're going to take one third. From one third so that you can feed everybody. The reason why we tithe 10%, it's so God can bless you, but it's also that we can feed one another. I'm telling you, after our family series next, next, uh, this February, we're going to be talking about finances, and Pastor's really going to explain to you what the 10th is. It's not just the 10th so God can bless you. It's a 10th so that we can bless one another. It's commonwealth. Yeah. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar, not just so that he can buy gold from himself, but so that he can feed you when you ain't got none. So when you tithe here, it gives you the right to come knock on the door and be like, hey, y'all got to take care of me. Like, oh, yeah, we have a record of you. Yeah, come on in. We got you. If you don't pay tithe at my house and we eating chicken and greens, hey, let me in. Do you, whoa. Let me, let, me, let me check the roster. You ain't gave nothing over here. Right? So the famine spreads throughout Egypt. The people call out in distress and Pharaoh calling for bread. And he told the Egyptians what? Go to Joseph. Do what he tells you. The boy that was thrown in the hole. A lot of you have some places where you're living in last year where your heart's been broken. Like your heart's been broken. Like where 2018 took out of me, like let me just get the heck up out of 2018. December 31st, 12, midnight, please show up. Because we think that a new day is going to take us out of our issues. That's not how it works. You will always be presented with a chance to go back. This is it. There's no altar call. This is it. A lot of you are looking for God lay hands on me. No, this is this is it. You're gonna lay hands on yourself like this and you're gonna feel the Holy Spirit. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome. So oh. Okay, all right. That must mean that I need to I need to spit it off the top, freestyle. Here it comes. Okay, so um, so the Israel, his father, figures out that uh, hey, they have food over in Egypt and we don't got any. So let's send the eleven boys to go get some food. They go. Joseph sees them, and he's like, he forgot. Joseph was so far removed from the hole in the ground that he forgot what God had delivered him from. Some of us, we forgot what God told us, and we become brand new. So God comes back to him and he says, "Hey, um, those are your brothers." and Joseph is I mean... Think about it. Like these bro, these these dudes threw me in they threw me in a hole, sold me into slavery. You know what? Okay. All right, you guys want grain? Because you don't live in Egypt, so you're not, we there was no grain that you had that we could take from. So you're basically coming here and asking for a favor. You know what? I'll do this. You have a younger brother. They say, Yeah, his name is Benjamin. He says, Okay, do this. I want you to go back, get Benjamin, bring him back as proof. If you bring him back, hey, I'm gonna. I'm going to give you all the grain that you want that you can carry. But while you go, give me one of the other brothers. Takes Simeon, right? He puts him in jail. Puts him in jail. They go. They come back. (laughs) This is so awesome. They come back, and Joseph says, okay, you've brought the brother. Okay, you guys are going to eat with me for dinner. Like now, Joseph is now what Potiphar was. He's the right hand to Pharaoh. But he invites them to the house because he's not trying to, like, be nice to them. What he's basically trying to do is he's trying to, like, do a joke on them, but he's, like, stretching it out as long as possible. So he gets them into his chambers. He gets them into his chambers, and he places a cup in one of their bags of grain. And he's like, somebody's stolen from me. And the, the guys are like, what do you mean somebody stole from you? Like, we, we came asking for food. Why would we steal? Like, we need bread. Why would we be worried about a golden cup? In the desert. Who are we going to sell a golden cup to in the desert? (laughs) Cuts open Benjamin's sack. The cup falls out. And Joseph basically tells everybody to leave. He's like, get out of here. Like, like, I'm about to reprimand them. And Joseph puts on this front for so long, but then God reminds him of what his dream was. I I need, Enoch. can you come please? He reminds him of what his dream is, what his dream was. This is it. This is the altar call. This is it. Can you hold this, please? Joseph had the opportunity. What was that last point? You will always have a chance to go back. God gave Joseph a dream. He gave him a a dream that everything was going to bow down to him. But the bowing down wasn't because they were bowing down to him because he was better than they were. They were bowing down because now he was in a place to give them what they need to live. But what if Joseph, if he put his dream where his head was with the stuff that they did to him? God has put me in this amazing place, but all I remember is how you treated me. 2019 is glorious. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a new year. But all I can remember is what happened last year. Y'all are waiting for the fireworks. This is it. Someone's like, do a dance. No, this is it, because this is real. God gave you, God gave you something. He showed you. He said, the moon, the sun, the stars are going to bow down to you, Joseph. But the question is, are you gonna act right when it happens? His brothers come back to him and he forgot what happened in the hole. He forgot what happened with, with slavery, Potiphar's house, wife trying to get with him, didn't want to do that, prisoner, all that other stuff. He forgets it. So the question is. He had the opportunity to change the dynamics of his family. But what if he would have been reminded and lived in where he came from? What would happen? Because what God wants to do is God wants to give you your dreams, and he wants to give you this new year on a gold platter. But the only reason God gives you a gold platter is to what? Serve. Serve. So God gave him power not to make Joseph awesome. God gave him power and the dream so that he could serve a generation. This is what a lot of us look like. Thank you, Enoch. We take what God did for us, what he showed us at the beginning of this year, and we put it in what happened last year. So I'm in 2019. I'm moving forward, but I'm moving with the trash that happened with me. And we're asking God, why aren't you, where are you at? You said to move forward. You said to move forward. You said to move forward, but you're walking around with something that smells, but it doesn't smell to you because you're familiar with it. But now all those opportunities that God wants to bring to you this year, they look at you and they love you because they see the God in you, but they smell what you came through. They, they, they smell 2018 on you. And God's like, you're in 2019, but you're, but your, your head is still in the trash. So instead of thinking in this way, God says to do away with things that are old. Learn from them. Most, don't ever forget what I brought you from. Don't, don't, don't forget it. But the, the gold parts of that, what you learned, take that and put that on a golden platter and serve that to the world. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's message. Hopefully you guys enjoyed.